On today's Stuncast, we review Obsession. Kirk, Spock, and some red shirt. Do you smell that? It's the sweet smell of death. A cloud kills Ensign Rizzo and a few other security guards by sucking all the blood from their bodies. Though Spock is baffled, Kirk has met this murderous mist before, and he hates it. Kirk teams up with Ensign Garovic, whose father was killed by the cloud, for some sweet, obsessive vengeance. Will Kirk's obsession doom the Enterprise? Isn't delivering life-saving vaccines more important? Is this vampiric vapor pregnant? Find out on set podcast to stun! Hello, feeble-minded humans, and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Clint DeCue, joined by Chancellor Emily Gowron. Kapla, y'all. And Captain Corey. Hey. Uh... Wait, Corey, watch out. There's a, a cloud of poisonous gas coming right towards you. Oh, wait, no, uh, that's, that's, that's Emily. Yeah, hey guys. Uh I'm back from I went to Mardi Gras in Space uh, Mardi Gras. Spacey Gras, yep. Um and I showed pictures of Clint's boobs and got lots of beads. I I uh, you need to send me some of those beads. I thought you were going to say my, you need to send me those pictures. I really no. I really <laughs> like those pictures. Yeah. I got a picture of Clint's boobs and made like one of those leotards. So then when I flashed people, I was really flashing. But no, we were bringing it up because I saw two William Shatner things. One is uh, this walking parade. So it's just people walking around this sort of hip neighborhood called called the Bywater. And uh, it's called the Red Beans and Rice Parade. And they decorate their clothes with these mosaics that are all made of beans. So like think of a jean jacket, how jean jackets have like the patch on the back, but it's like a mosaic of beans and they all have puns. Um, And one said, bean me up, Scotty, which I thought was clever. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, So they all have different crews. There was a sort of satirical float of like people going into space and they had like a rocket with Jeff Bezos head on it. That was very phallic looking um nice. and then there were people walking that had big cutouts of Jeff Bezos looking like a penis and just William Shatner looking like William Shatner. <laughs> uh cuz Mardi Gras really likes to poke fun at things. Uh but I did love that they had a big um a big rip on Jeff Bezos who's basically my mortal enemy. No one That's likes a- that guy. That sounds like a great time, Emily. And it was. hey if I was in charge of this, I would have put Rowan Atkinson at the lead. Of the red beans and rice? Yeah, he's Mr. Bean. That's pretty good. There that, is That totally went over my head. I told the, That's the I second time I told the joke. I don't know. You didn't know that Rowan Atkinson was Mr. Bean? No, I didn't know the I didn't know the actor's name for Mr. Bean. Well, uh if you are a uh Marvel Universe fan, um I was standing on a ladder for one of the... Wait, no, this does tie back to the... The ladder is not the connection to Marvel Universe. I was standing on a ladder for one of the parades, Bacchus, which is a big one, and they had uh, Anthony Mackie on the float, uh, who's the actor who plays Captain America's friend. So nice. I got to see him pretty nice. close up. So that's kind of fun. Is he from the region? Because like in in the show, it, he has like roots in I don't know Louisiana or something. Yeah, he is from New Orleans. I didn't know that off the top of my head, but like everybody around me like knew his name, and I was like, "What the shit?" And then I googled it later, and he was. Um, that's cool. You, you know who I'd have taken up the the rear of that parade? Of Bacchus. Of the Bean Parade. I'm still on that. Oh, the Bean Parade. <laughs> yeah, who's, I'd have. Who's I'd, the rear bean? Uh, Boromir. 
Sean Bean? Sheen Bean? <laughs> Get ready, folks. It's one hour of, of bean puns. <laughs> it's coming to you from Bean Town. <laughs> Actually, I think an hour of bean puns would have been way better than this episode. Ooh, all yeah. right. Segways. Shots fired at a gaseous cloud. All right, Don't do well, that because it won't work. It won't work. It won't <laughs> and work. you'll feel guilty about it for years. I okay. I have so many questions about this episode. Like I had, I basically watched it twice because I kept rewinding because I didn't know what the hell was going on most of the time. So give us, give us the uh, who did this pile of dog milk and <laughs> and we'll dog milk. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for the episode Obsession. It first aired December 15th of 1967. Um, it was written by uh, Art Wallace and directed by Ralph, uh-oh, uh, Senensky. Ralph, uh-oh, what a cool <laughs> That's, name. Yeah. That's like goes in quotes around his first and last name. Ralph, uh-oh, Senensky. He's very, he's very accident-prone yeah. boy. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's that's the info of this episode. Okay, we don't we don't usually I we don't usually do it this way, but I think you like this episode, right, Clint? <laughs> How do you know? I I love this episode. <laughs> uh, I think you didn't like it, Emily, and I don't like it. So I hated it. Of course, I was gonna, loves it. I was trying to I was trying to hide my feelings, but this is definitely a Clint episode. I just know you're. I have I've never actually met you before, so right. like. It's like when you're blind, all your other senses go up. I know your emotions, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like a rich tapestry, just through your voice. Um, so if you can try and convince us why this is good at the end, I'm going to give this a thumbs down at the start here. But maybe I'll turn around. Jeez, a rare uh, beginning of the episode, thumbs down. Yeah. Wow. Well, I and I think it might be because I, I didn't get what was going on. And I, and I don't know if that's because I was taking notes. I thought it was hot garbage. I looked through my notes right before we recorded this, and I went, I don't remember this. And then as I started to remember it, I went, oh, no. And if Clint likes something, then it's a it's a big pile of Mardi Gras hangover puke. Well, let's start off uh, talking about the episode, and then I'll show you guys while you're wrong, why okay. you are wrong. At the oh, end wow. Yeah. All right, here's my uh, opening warning. We got a serious episode, super serious, no jokes, not a funny episode. Everyone's in a bad mood and everyone's sad. They start off really happy, though. That feels accurate enough. We No, we start out on a barren planet. We got an away crew. Spock and Kirk are down there with some red shirts. And they have found this mineral called tritanium. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. It's, it's the good stuff. Kirk's yes, excited. It's good. Mm -hmm. Uh you know what? Hold on. Let's Is it pump the brakes. Because when they throw it and it lands on the ground, it explodes. Nope. Nope. But thank you, Emily. That illustrates a wonderful point. Even episodes that aren't about rocks, and we've talked about this before, are about rocks. The, the, <laughs> the episode that I liked the most recently, which was the the Spock's dad episode, the drama that went entirely on the ship. Guess what? What was the subplot there? Mining. Rocks. Mining. Yeah, a mining contract. So this freaking <clears throat> episode. Go ahead, please. Hey, Corey, uh, news alert, you live on a rock. So how about you, you know, like take a step back on your rock hate here? You know, my dad remembered watching this very fondly growing up, and he grew up to become a geologist. Uh-oh. So it's a gateway episode. Is, yeah, this is all uh, uh, TOS's geologist propaganda it's don't, weird. don't let your children grow up to be rock lickers it was this this whole series was funded by big rock yeah i mean look at the solution in the first episode where no man has gone before cover them in uh, rocks. murder yeah. with a rock yeah, yeah. They, you killed a god with a rock what how what's what's more powerful than god okay a rock yeah i was gonna say this rock explains beats god god yeah. beats human this Human explains why 60% yeah. of all baby boomer males are just geologists. Everyone I've met, I swear to God, is work, works in geology or in mining. Maybe that's because I live in Nevada. Okay, let me do this episode. <laughs> so they find pure titanium on this planet. Um, it's really rare. It's only been found, as Spock says, 24.4 times, whatever the fuck that means. Someone no. was like, is that it? Oh, no, I guess that's not it. We'll still count this, though. 
Put a point four down. Wait, no, it's twenty one point four times harder than diamonds is what the point was. Oh, okay. Well, we're off to a bad start with me understanding this episode then. <laughs> okay. I love when Corey is like, this is a bad episode because it confused me. And then we just explain how it works. And he's like, well, maybe it was a good episode then. All right. The the needle of me hating this episode just went over one degree. It's still deep in the red, but we're moving forward. Wait, All did right. you guys smell that? Yeah. It's, wait. Is it's it garbage? sweet. I smell what the rock is cooking. All right. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So Spock phasers off a specimen of this hard rock, and this puff of smoke comes up, and Kirk smells the smoke. And then what does he say? Oh, I smell something sweet. You guys smell that? Yeah, he and says then, a little more. And then Spock says, uh, as that ancient earth proverb goes, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Yeah. He knows he doesn't say that. That doesn't he Kirk says. He gets like all kind of in his own head and he's like, the smell, it was many years ago on another planet. And you don't and you don't know what he's talking about for this whole cold open. Like I I had to rewatch it a couple of times because I thought I missed something. Maybe I did. Apparently I did. Okay, so from here, he's like he suddenly like looks at his red shirts and he's like, (laughs) you guys be on the alert for dichronium, which is a totally different mineral. Get your guns out, put them on kill, and if you see a gas cloud, shoot it. And then you as the viewer are like, what are you talking about, Kirk? So the red shirts go off on their own. Uh, Kirk sends them to their deaths, basically. There's This gas cloud comes out of nowhere. They start crying to Kirk for help, but he comes too late. And by the time he gets there, they're all just cadavers, and there's only one red shirt alive. And then we get the opening credits. So it's like, what is going on? Just the, the red shirts are the most Biff-looking guys you can imagine. Like, just picture a 1950s guy named Biff, and that's that's those guys. They've got, like, handsome chin, one of them. One of them's, like, a goofy redhead, and they've got all sorts of swoop hairdos. One of them's, one of them's name is uh, Ensign Rizzo. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter. Sister. doesn't matter because they're all dead now. Uh, did you say what uh, Bones says about it? I did not. Every red corpuscle is gone from their body. Yeah, everything's gone. They're... I googled that because I was like, "The fuck is that?" And apparently, it's an old timey word for red blood cells. So that's oh. kind of neat. <laughs> it comes back around, like you know how like styles are cyclical. It's the same thing with science terms. Oh, so we're gonna be calling them corpuscles yes. soon. Yes, yes, exactly. Corpuscle sounds like a word for cystic acne. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say though I like the thing I like about this part is that like you really get the feeling that like a cloud is hiding behind a rock like they don't know like that this cloud does a great job of acting during this whole episode because you really feel like it's like trying to sneak up on someone by hiding behind a rock it was so great and the Oscar to best supporting actor goes to Gas Cloud TOS Gas season cloud. 2 episode 14 Oh my god. Well, before McCoy says uh that it's all he he verifies it because Kirk is like you're going to when you look at them you're going to see that all their red blood cells are gone. So, we don't know why Kirk knows all of this. <laughs> I I too want to say Kirk was like, "Hey guys, if you see a cloud, shoot at it." And, and they're like, you got it, sir. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they go out and they're just like, oh my God, it's a cloud. And they didn't shoot it. It's like, you deserve to die. You did, they disobeyed yeah. directly. It was orders. the one thing you were told to do was shoot at a cloud. <laughs> You're all like, whoa, it's a cloud. Too, too bad Sulu didn't go down. We know that he loves to randomly shoot. Yeah. Well, he never gets to go down on these missions. Yeah, not anymore. Not since he was making all those cracking wise about the cold planet and wishing they could send down some coffee. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> I did not like your decorum like, during this emergency Sulu. situation. <laughs> yeah, it was not funny. Spock, he's like, because I think he says in that episode, oh, I'll, you know, um, do my training like Spock told me in that that winter survival course. And then Spock's like, I did not teach you to make jokes in this situation. Grounded from uh, away teams. So back up on the ship. Kirk tells everyone that they're not going to continue their mission. And their mission was Which, that they needed to bring medical supplies to the USS Yorktown. He's like, perishable vaccines. Yes. 
very uh very apropos kirk says we have to stay here until we find out what happened on the planet and then he adds even if it costs the lives of others which to me kind of everyone's like do we <laughs> do we have to die for this <laughs> we have to fight this cloud yeah couldn't we just leave the cloud let's leave it alone no everyone knows the most dangerous cloud is a pregnant cloud was it pregnant? What? Why do you know it's pregnant? It's pregnant later on in the episode. Jeez, I missed that. What? I missed that. Okay, too. let's get. Okay, so Kirk is like. What the fuck is happening? Kirk tells Bones like, "Hey, look at the look at the the, medic, the, the tapes, the logs from eleven years ago." Uh, It'll take you ten hours to read it. Yeah, it's ten hours worth of material. But look at them; it'll answer a lot of questions and revive that dying red shirt for just a second. So I can interrogate him about his trauma. Yeah, exactly. Uh, McCoy gives the dying red shirt one cc of cortisine, and I don't oh, know if this is good stuff. That's the good stuff. It's kind of a yeah. miracle drug, right? Yeah. Is that the stuff that he stabbed himself in the stomach with? By I'm pretty accident? sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it shows up. It shows up in TNG a lot too. It's like the drug. It's like in Lord of the Rings with like King's foil or Athelas. You just use it for everything. Headache. <laughs> indigestion. Aye, it's a weed. Nazgul blade. <laughs> We love our Dragon Ball Z references on this show. Also, it's a it's a sensu bean. I don't love that <laughs> reference. Uh, so Kirk goes and talks to the red shirt who's barely alive. And he's like, what do you remember? And the red shirt says that uh, he remembers smelling honey. And Kirk needs to know he's probing this red shirt. He's like, was it intelligent? Did you sense that it was intelligent? But the red shirt like dies or something. I don't know. I don't remember if he answers Rip. it or not. Rip Ensign Rizzo. Yeah. Rip Rizzo. Kirk goes back to the bridge. While he's down there, Uhura's like, hey, a uh, message for you from the Yorktown, sir. They're basically asking about the medical supply. And he cuts her off and he's like, not now. <laughs> so he's totally. He's like, I don't give a shit if they die. Yeah. And you should know that about me, Uhura. God. So. So Kirk is being a real jerk this episode. Yeah. I don't know. What emotion would you guys say he's exhibiting right now? All of them. Every emotion an actor can display. Yeah, but if there's one... Blind vengeance. If there's one specific one, one specific emotion that starts with an O, which one would you... Paranoia. No, with an O. Um, Overdoing it on the... Guys, uh, what's the name of the goddamn episode? Uh, Obstetrician. Obstetrician. He is the... Clouds doctor. He he midwife. Jesus Christ. Obsession. He guys oh. he is obsessed with the, with this cloud. Oh, because it's the name of the episode. Okay, my my little needle went back into the red more. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Spock goes up to Kirk and he's like, Hey, you mentioned dichromium down on the planet. Uh I couldn't find it anywhere. But what if the creature can transmute itself into other minerals? What if it's intelligent? So now, so I'm only saying this because we need to know that the creature can turn itself into other things and that it might be intelligent. They, they keep hitting on this. So. I, I was, if it thinks we can kill it. <laughs> I also want to say um, that like dichromium, I think they were saying that it was like a super rare element that they're only able to make in laboratories. So it's supposed to be especially mm. crazy that it's out here. Appearing okay. and disappearing. Okay, but what drives me up the goddamn wall about this episode is in the first 30 seconds, they introduce two different minerals. <laughs> and then w one of them, like the one they went to the planet for, it's not important anymore. It should have just been the one mineral. Just the one. Corey, dichromium is an element. It's not a <laughs> mineral. What you need to Nick. remember is that this is the worst episode <laughs> that will never make sense. And just let it go. So, uh, while on the bridge, the uh, doors swish open, swish, and a dashing red shirt ensign, wow, try saying that three times fast, a dashing red shirt ensign shows up on the bridge. Uh, he gets his own close-up, his own little camera glamour shot, so you know he's going to be important. Did you guys notice when he comes up mm. to Kirk, he just stands a little bit too close? <laughs> yeah, it's a real, they've got a real, uh, like... <laughs> boner alert vibe going on he's also like there are several scenes where you're like "Ooh, are they gonna make out yeah i saw it more of like a father that. and son relationship 
No, no, definitely. Like they were wondering what the other one looked. <laughs> or maybe like. a father in love with his son. Hey, did you guys notice that he was a very greasy boy too? He was. He was a bit <laughs> greasy. Yeah. A greasy boy. No, that's weird. His name? I wrote Ensign Garrick, but that can't be right. I it's wish. like Garovic. I'm gonna say Garrick because I put that everywhere in my notes. Garrick. I didn't. I didn't write it at all. He doesn't deserve the name Garrick. Only Garrick from uh, Deep Space Nine deserves the name. How about Garrick. Garlic? Garlic. I like it. Ensign. No, don't sully garlic. <laughs> I'm gonna this say garlic. Garbage. Yeah, Ensign Garlic. I like it. We need to make him memorable oh, as a teacher. No. I, I then Ensign Garvik. Okay, uh, Garlic uh, is. Uh, yeah. So Ensign Garlic is the new security officer since the old one just died from the cloud, uh, and he's going to join Kirk on the planet again. So they go back down to the planet. Kirk. But this time it's personal. Yeah. And familial. Oh my. Kirk God. has to figure this yeah. out. Kirk sends Ensign Garlic off with some a small squad of red shirts. He says. He says, you were friends with the people that died, weren't you? And, and, and he's like, yeah. And instead of being like, wow, that must be really rough. I'm sorry. He goes, well, you're going to get a crack at what killed him. Interested? It's like, fuck. Because real men don't feel sadness. They only feel vengeance. Yeah, they only feel And blood obsession. Do you think there's blood on Kirk's hands? Because they go back down to the planet again, and he just immediately sends off another squad of red shirts to go find this cloud and shoot it. Um and they're all about to die except for Ensign Garlic. He no, survived. He, he doesn't know it's futile because he still has the guilt. He still thinks he could do something about it. Right, but he just sent them off, marched them to their death so he could like figure his emotions out. Yeah, I think this counts as Kirk's kill count because all of these times people are like, don't do this. It's just a cloud. Let it go. We have to get these perishable vaccines to the children of Nome, Alaska. Um, by dog sled and he's like nay I don't care about any of that I mean he's disobeying direct orders I, would, I thought it was weird that we find out the gas cloud's name is Balton later what <laughs> oh wait you're making you're continuing my joke yeah. okay great I was like I miss that too yeah I mean he only has so many like ni- supple 19 year old cadets that he can stand on missions so <laughs> Just okay. Filled with delicious blood. Blood. Yeah. Mm. Red corpuscles. Mm. I just want to say at first, for some reason, when um, Ensign Garlic uh, comes on the scene, I'm like, he's in league with the cloud. Yeah. No, they give that impression totally. Like, I thought he was a bad <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, I got that too, weirdly. Like, he was a plant. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> he's got something going on with the cloud. They're teaming up to kill Kirk. Like, I thought he was the cloud because just before that, they're like, yeah, the cloud can transmute into anything. And then suddenly a new person walks on the ship, gets a close up, and there's like a sinister feel to it. I thought that that was like the cloud that turned or, into a human. Or I thought he was going to like be possessed by the cloud at some point also. But he wasn't. He was just a... Yeah, but they say this, but like the cloud never does transmute into anything. It just remains a cloud the whole well, time. Well, I mean, it doesn't turn into like gold, but it, it turns into other gases but it doesn't turn into like a human. Well, why would who wants to be a human? If... Well, they did imply that that's what you think would happen. Yeah, no, they totally did. I was led astray when it's called Garrick, the red herring people. When Garlic is uh, with his little crew, he fails to shoot at the gas cloud in time, and then the other two cadets die. He could have stopped this whole thing. So the next scene, weirdly, is a trial for Ensign Garlic, or it was like a debriefing. I don't know. It felt like a trial. I think it was but like a debriefing. This whole thing was a trial. It was a debriefing with a talking down to, with a what? with a dressing mm. down. He yeah. got called to the carpet. Yeah. So Kirk is pissed when Garlic admits that he was too terrified to shoot at the gas cloud. Although we as the audience did oh, yeah. see him fire before there was like a cut. But so. he hesitated for two seconds. I don't I don't know if I I so I don't want to talk too shit but I don't I don't think this guy was that great of an actor cuz when he was shooting the cloud it just didn't seem like he cared he was just like whatever I'm going to shoot at this cloud. His bad Kirk's bad mood gets worse. He goes to the bridge and just starts acting like a jerk to everyone. His whole bridge goes up to him and they're like Kirk, we have to take this medical supplies. We cannot stay here anymore. 
It's our mission. People are dying. I just want to say, though, after the, the trial slash uh, debrief, um, the ensign goes to cry in his, like, he's dismissed, and he goes to cry in his quarters. He's like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. And then what does Kirk say when his whole bridge crew tells him that they need to abandon this this white whale-ish sort of plot? There's spies everywhere. Everyone's looking to undercut my authority. Again, Kirk has done too much cocaine. He's very paranoid. So this makes Spock and McCoy have a secret discussion. We find out McCoy was a little too lazy to watch the tapes of the old mission that Kirk said he should watch. <laughs> and then Spock's like, it's okay. I, I read way faster than you. So What is this? Homework? <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a student. You're not supposed to give people homework anymore. It's not. It's, science proves that it doesn't help anything. <laughs> That's why I drank my way through Starfleet Academy. So Spock sums up what happened 11 years ago. The tapes say that Kirk was there 11 years ago when this gas cloud first appeared, and he was the only survivor of that mission. That like 200 people died, something no, like it, that? No, he wasn't the only survivor. It, it, yeah, it was something insane. It wiped off. Uh, you're right. It killed 200 people. Um, it wiped out like half the crew, he said. So uh, Spock says that he's very concerned about Kirk's fixation on this monster. I do so, not understand this human emotion of obstetrician. Obsession. Obstetrician. Let's not make this of even more confusing. Overdoing the cocaine. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So Spock. Oh, God. Hold on. Okay. So now Mc, there's a lot of talking in this. Uh, McCoy goes and talks to Kirk, uh, who, by the way, is lying down on his bed. He's brooding just like the ensign garlic. They're and both... Just just like a teenager. Yeah, he's like, Ugh, I hate this cloud. And Kirk admits that 11 years ago, he failed to shoot at the cloud in time. And his delay possibly killed a bunch of people. So that's why he took it so hard on Ensign Garlic. Because it's like, that's like looking in a, in a distant mirror of myself. Mirror. Um, hold on. There's this great line. Let me see. Um, okay. Um, there's this, it, it's like the personal log. And he's like, um, am I making rational decisions? Am I letting the horrors of the past disrupt my judgment of the present? And I'm like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like this scene had some great acting, though, when Kirk and McCoy were, like, talking to each other. And he's like, it's my fault. Oh, I am filled with um, turbulent emotions. I thought he was doing a good acting job there. Was anyone else, like, I don't know. I'm not a very good actor judge though does anyone else feel that way or i mean it was just like they just wrote kirk into such a corner that it was hard to like enjoy to have it be an enjoyable episode because you're just like it makes no sense it's just too much it's too much yeah i mean he's seen people die all the time and like this is just the thing that makes him abandon a critical medical mission so McCoy tells Kirk, like, this is a disturbing obsession that you have. You need to get over this. Um, and Kirk's like, no, I need to prove that it's intelligent. Again, why? And I'm going to circle back to this intelligence thing later. It's coming up a lot. So McCoy's like, listen, you either get over this and we move on with our mission or I'm going to, I might remove you from duty because I can do that. And Kirk's like, I can't leave to save lives. I'm too busy killing my own crew. Yeah, right. I wrote. Joke's not as funny now as I look at it, but I wrote, he can, McCoy can remove Kirk from duty if he can assemble the correct paperwork. <laughs> Call back to a previous episode. Well, I will say there is a part where Bones and Spock are actually civil to each other. Like Spock walks, walks in to talk to Bones about this situation and he says, I hope I'm not interrupting, doctor. And Bones goes, interrupting another autopsy report is not an interruption it's a relief and then spock says i need some advice and bones says that i need a drink but he's being a little silly he's being slightly more lighthearted and less racist and they end up having like a pleasant mutually respectful chat which is kind of shocking yeah no it's pretty nice they're getting along pretty well they see they just needed a common enemy to unite them which is kirk yeah Getting section eight. Or as I called him in this episode, Kirk the Jerk. 
Ooh, that's Not good. Section eight. That's for housing. What is it when you're insane? I thought that was section eight. No, you're. I mean, yeah, I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's how you get discharged from the military. Oh, I was right. Oh, section eight is that too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's still used. Um, but. It says, according to Wikipedia, a category of discharge from the United States military. You, it's when they're judgmentally unfit, it was also often given to cross-dressers, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. Clinger in MASH was always trying to get sexually. Mm. We should do that show after this, this one. Um, all right. And I think there's one thing we haven't talked about that was brought up, was that <clears throat> uh, Ensign Garlic is the son of Captain Garlic, who was on that ship that was killed by the gas monster previously. Wait, so could you say he's Garlic Jr.? And that is a DBZ <laughs> reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> High five, Corey. Yeah. Okay, sorry, keep going. Well, that's all. It's just, And so now that's why it's personal for Ensign Garlic. Um, and Kirk is getting triggered is because um, Daddy Captain Garlic was killed by this same space cloud. Murderous so, space yeah. cloud. And uh Kirk knows it and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play into this for my advantage. I'm gonna gaslight this guy into thinking that my ideas are <laughs> Oh gaslight. Oh nice one, Emily. Hey um yeah. Well and I was just gonna bring us back on track where McCoy and Kirk were having this intimate conversation and rudely Spock was listening in the whole time. Was he? Well, I mean, McCoy, <laughs> McCoy set it up. I mean, he set Kirk up so that he was like, I was uh, determining your fitness for duty. And I have another officer in good standing to help me judge you. Yeah. And so they so- give him like a soft inquiry to see if he needs to be, if Kirk needs to be removed from duty, but Kirk, talks his way out of it slippery bastard man so. yeah he totally does a you know like verbal jutsu on them because they're like uh <laughs> verbal jujitsu on them because they're totally ready to to mutiny his ass and then they're like you know what kirk You're making a lot of sense maybe we should follow you yeah okay finally something happens in this episode Chekhov tells kirk that the monster cloud has left the planet so mm. they start chasing it they're going warp eight and we get good old Scotty saying that the ship can barely handle warp eight. Kirk's like, go faster, but they're barely gaining. They finally have eyes on this white cloud in space, but they can't keep up their speed. So Kirk has to begrudgingly tell them to turn around or s- slow down. I thought this was a good moment because Kirk was like, oh, I got to catch up to the cloud. And then everyone's like looking at him like he's crazy. And he's like, oh, I got to back down here. Yeah. And the scene was a little... Oh, it was pretty intense, like a chasing scene for 30 seconds. And I was really happy that the next scene was we get to tone it, tone down the action to another man laying on a bed scene. It's a scene with mm. Ensign Garlic on his bed now, and he's all moody. And he's not and he's moody because he's he believes that he just killed two of his friends accidentally or something like that. No, and they won't let him out to continue fighting yeah, the no, cloud. That's, that's what's really making well, him mad. He, and he tells uh, our Majel Barrett's character brings him some Nurse food, Chapel. and he goes, Nurse Chapel, and he goes, I told you, Christine, I'm not hungry. And I was like, whoa, lady. She has a rank. Settle down there, just throwing her first name out there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say one to your point, Emily, he's not locked in there. He can leave at any time he wants because he does just leave his room later Um, on the Enterprise. There are no guards to make sure you stay in any confined space. Well, we also know that even if you are in prison, you can still just walk out. There's no keys. But Emily was like, oh, they're keeping him in his room. He's locked in his room, but he can leave anytime he wants. He's not supposed to. Well, he can go bowling if he wants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can, but he can't like go be part of the action. They like made him go in timeout. Um, I also like Nurse Chapel in this scene because he's like, "What's happening?" or "Is everything all right?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, just the ship's falling apart, and everyone thinks Kirk has gone cracked and all this stuff." I thought she was awesome in this scene. She's really like telling it like it is. 
she tricked him into uh, eating his food, or I don't know, but she's like, McCoy has one word uh, order on this micro tape, and it's eat. And if you don't do it, you'll be court martialed or something. No, she says they're going to give you intravenous fluids, which is what my mom, when we were sick and like didn't want to eat, she'd be like, well, then fine. You don't have to drink water, eat food, but then you'll just have to go to the hospital and they'll put needles in your arms. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so I don't know if my mother saw this or if she just like channeled Nurse Chapel, but exact same threat that I got when I was sick growing up. I could totally see your mom doing that, Emily. Yeah. The way that joke ends when she's like, it's like a, it's like a tiny, they're chips. They're like little, uh, uh, disc drives. What are they called? I'm floppy disks. forgetting my youth. Yeah. They're, so they're little floppy disks. And, um, she's like, there's an order on here. And if you don't eat, then we're going to, we're going to shove food and bite your bum. Yeah. So then she goes back down to McCoy afterwards and she hands him this random disc and he's like, what's this? And she's, he's like, this is like an order for heart medication. This is a survey on chigenial respiratory disease. Yeah. She's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. She's like, well, she says none of your business. No, she says just psychology. And then she walks away and then McCoy stares at the chip for like 10 seconds because he's not (laughs) in on the joke, but we as the audience are. And you know, I know it's like kind of a 60s thing, but I bet he was confused as fuck because his, <laughs> his nurse hands him a chip for something. And then she's like, this is says psychology. Well, she just puts it away. It's like there's a there's a stack of them on his desk oh, okay. or something. She just puts it in there. He's like, why are you? Why do you have this? And she's just like, none of your business. OK, but this is all stupid because what's next? What happens next is the even stupider, the worst, the dumbest, weirdest thing that happens in the episode. Okay, so Garrick is in his room. He picks up his lunch platter. He removes the lid, revealing a rainbow marshmallow puff pastry. Oh, food cubes. I hate food cubes. And in a fit of rage, throws it across the room. The lid hits a switch, which is the ventilation filter, yeah. which which was previously on filter. But when the lid hit this very important filter, which is in a rando red shirts quarters the switch flips to bypass Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what the fuck (laughs) i know it's so contrived and hilarious but now that's important this is the this is the kitchen's fault if they put little um sword toothpicks in all the food cubes he would have eaten it (laughs) yeah it's like these aren't cut up enough for me Yeah, probably. How am I going to do it? I don't know how to eat it when it's big. Okay, so now the ventilation shaft for the entire goddamn ship is flipped over for the gas cloud to get inside of it. Um, It gets inside the ship. It gobbles up two crewmen. It takes up all their blood, and it starts to like eat away at the ship's like atmosphere so now they have only two hours left to breathe well, i think it like fucked up something point, in the engine some some one of the people goes and tries to put his hands over the ventilation shaft and i'm like That's that was not how gas that was work. spock don't well, you that think you know gases better than spock he's a vulcan i mean apparently i do <laughs> also i think he was the one who suggested oh we'll just put uh radioactive waste into the ventilation shaft and i'm like uh isn't that going to have some repercussions on your crew? Everyone there? thinks that's a great idea, that? by the way. I can't remember who said it. One Kirk of tells did, Scotty like, to flood the ventilation system with radioactive waste. And yeah. Scotty's like, wow, that's a good yeah. idea. Let's do it. Let's kill us there's, all. There's, um, there's a great uh, moment after they encounter the cloud in Ensign Scarlick's um, room where like McCoy is just taking Kirk to task. He's like, oh, that's two more dead. Add that to the price tag of your little monster hunt. And I'm just, I love that line. And I also liked how finally, like McCoy's whining, like makes sense. Like he's on, he's finally on the right side of an issue, I think. Yeah. His, his curmudgeoniness is finally aligning with the audience's curmudgeoniness. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I know there's this, there's like two more scenes and I don't want to talk about them because there's, they don't, they don't do anything, but they're sort of important. Like, can I, guys? I'm just gonna bullet through this one, okay? Here, do you want to hear my bullets? 
Spock's going to wrestle with the steam. It's that green blood of his. Kirk forgives the ensign and himself. <laughs> We're going to trap a fart. It gets all sparkly when it eats. The ensign judo chops Kirk. Erotic fight. Why are they killing it? Meet me in my quarters when you've cleaned all up. Right, that's, Ooh, la, that's a little that's too, too bullet pointy. That, I like that. That's good. All right. Well, because they, they were like shooting stuff at it and it was able to avoid their phasers. So Spock is is like, well, you got to forgive yourself, Kirk, because it could if it could avoid our phasers, there's nothing that your little your little pea shooter could do back in the day. So you should got to forgive yourself. And then Kirk does the same thing to um, Vincent Garlic, where he like reverse psychologies him into being like, oh, you couldn't have done anything. OK. That's true. That that all happens. Let me, I just want to mention one thing that does absolutely nothing for the plot, but I'm only mentioning it because I have a question about it. Uh, the steam cloud attacks Spock because Spock is standing next to the ventilation system mm-hmm. um, and he is unaffected by it. Like you said, yeah. Emily, your damn green blood. It's because his blood has copper in it. And then yeah, that it's... We, we realize that it's iron in your blood is what it it's after iron. So it doesn't affect. Yeah. Spock. So we got we got a techno babble used well. We finally get an explanation for the green blood and for why he didn't get like hurt by this, which I actually did kind of do you, like. Do you guys think humans are the tastiest sentient species in the galaxy? Like salt, iron, we got it all, baby. Yeah, I mean, we're we're Sad. like the chickens of the galaxy. Everything just loves eating us. Yeah, I could mm. see that. When Kirk goes to like help Spock and then he's like relieved to see that Spock's not hurt um, because his blood saved him. He smells something different around Spock (laughs) and he's like the smell. It's I don't know why, but it's telling me home. I have to go home. We have to go back to the place where the first mission was. That was weird. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, God, they find out it. that they it just has nothing to do with the plot, and this pissed me off so much. They find out that they can kill it if they just shoot it with antimatter. Like it has nothing to do with anything that they've been doing with like their detective Batman shit so far. It's just, oh yeah, we can just shoot it with antimatter or blow it up with antimatter. So they're going I feel, to be. I but, almost feel like that's a last dish effort. They're like, well, we don't know how to handle this, so let's just try and blow it up with the best thing we have. I guess, yeah. yeah no, they know. had like a they had a techno babble reason. Oh, for okay, uh huh, yeah. Because they kept. Well, it's just so frustrating because it's the same stupid plot recycling, and it's just this like, oh, we're gonna save it at the end of the day with some dumb bullshit. It's just written. Poorly. Oh, so I think here I'm reading I'm reading the summary, and so I think they're like, oh, this thing wants to go home, and it's like it's gonna reproduce, and they're like, well, it reproduces by fission. And so they're like, well, if we use antimatter, it will not fission or something. I don't know. But So you're telling me they killed the cloud and its baby? Mm-hmm. No, okay. it was going to have thousands of babies. It's like the Mama Meatloaf, where it has tons of children. Mama Meatloaf. Yeah. Mama Meatloaf. I would have almost loved it better if they had been like, Kirk realized that he was wrong and they let it go back to its planet, and that was the end. And they were just like learning to forgive themselves. Exactly, I have that too, Emily, in my in my mini rewrite. Let's just do this ending scene real quick, and then I, and then we can talk just, about all. I that. just want to say though, Emily, it's not like that. Uh, it's it turns out that Kirk was right all along, and he was right to be crazy because this thing is gonna have a, a thousand babies and. They're going to suck the blood out of all these people. <laughs> so, Ugh, But it's I'm... just, it's like a mashup of, of like, they took one plot point from the last handful of episodes and that's how they've decided to make this one. It's terrible. I'm not saying it's, yeah, it's good writing or I don't know. It's, it's not dumb, but I just think it's funny that it's like, nope, he was right to, you know, ignore yeah, these vaccines. <laughs> this happens all the time. Okay, so Kirk and Garlic volunteer to go down to the planet that Kirk was at 11 years ago. They're going to lure the gas cloud to them with a huge fucking 12-gallon jug of blood that they have. Um, And then they also have an antimatter bomb. So it's going to go to the blood, and then it's going to get blown up. But for some stupid-ass reason, they put 
the jug of blood on one side of the set and then the antimatter bomb on the other side of the set. So the gas cloud comes by. Oh, hey, look at this blood. Drinks it up. The, the blood turns from red to white. So we know it ate all the red blood cells. And then they're like, oh, shit, it's nowhere near the bomb. So I guess we have to lure it over to the bomb with our own blood. Like, what the fuck? Why didn't they just put the jug of the blood next to the antimatter bomb? <laughs> they weren't ready to set it up yet. Jesus. Because this is the worst episode on Earth. Um, I like to I want to say, though, I did like the special effects of the, the antimatter carrying thing that they had where they did a thing where it's this weird, I, I don't, it's hard to explain, but it's this like weird device. It has two handles that's meant for two people to carry. I don't know why, you know, only two people have to do it. And there's like this sphere at the bottom, but there was a great scene where like they had garlic check on something. So he lets go of the thing and it's still floating. And you're like, Ooh, special effects. I didn't see that. My eyes were just, I had the, the red mist. Over. Yeah. They, mine got stuck from rolling <laughs> too many times. All right, so they sacrifice themselves, but they get beamed out at the last second. The thing blows up. And then and they, they cross-circuit uh, the, uh, the teleporters. Yeah, they um, do a bunch of re- cool and, shit. And Spock does it, not God, because Scotty says, oh, thank God you guys made it. And Spock was like, I'm the one who cross-circuit the teleporter. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's that's a yeah. cool touch. Yeah. Uh, and then the they deliver the medical supplies. And then what's the last thing Kirk tells Garrick? Garlic? Uh, he's going to uh, join me in my quarters uh, so you can hear some of the tall tales of your adventure's father. <laughs> so they're buds now. Yeah. I thought he was like, oh, let me, let me show you some of the things your father taught me. Yeah, no, that seems to be, I think, what it is. Meet me in my quarters when you've cleaned up, and I'll teach you what your father taught me. <laughs> then he lets his hand linger on his shoulder just a little Me Meet me in the gym and get your your judo robe on. <laughs> Make it... But not too yeah, tight. Yeah, so it can fall open and I can see your bare chest. Yeah. And scene. <laughs> oh, man, it was a great episode. All right, well, do you guys want to... Do you guys want to... Uh, Give our reviews, give our appraisals. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna give this episode one big fat thumbs up. It oh, was amazing. go to heck! It was such a good episode. You're the worst. You're it's the worst. okay. We won't I interrupt you. Lie. Tell us why. It was one just uh, you know great uh, Kirk like weirdo uh, behavior. He's you know I love it when he acts like a total weirdo and is doing all these crazy things and he's not telling his crew um every member had to every member of the crew or most members the trio they had great moments uh i loved mccoy um you know finally having a a, the right position and like talking down to kirk Uh, finally his whining like makes sense spock fought the cloud and sacrificed himself that was really cool i really liked nurse chapel's thing and I just, I just like the idea of a, a killer cloud. Just, uh, I mean, it's funny, too, that it's like a vampire cloud. Um, I thought that was great and hilarious. And I don't know. I like the effects. Like like I said, it, they made it seem like a cloud was hiding behind a rock ready to kill someone. So, I mean, it was just cheesy and hilarious and great. It didn't make any sense. And it was just such a great madcap episode. I also feel like it moved pretty well. From like, oh, we're on the planet, and now we're chasing the cloud, and it's in the Enterprise, and now we're going to go and explode a planet. Like, they destroyed <laughs> half a planet to kill this thing. You've been talking for a while, and I'd like to imagine that Emily and I just disconnected, and then, like, you'd still be doing this 20 minutes from now. Yeah. And then Spock is, like, so fun in this episode. I just love him. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are great reasons. I don't agree with really any of them, because it wasn't a hilarious episode. But what do you think, Emily? I hate the episode for all the same reasons. It's plot recycling. It's lazy writing. Like the the seriousness of Kirk and is is so. It like reminds me of the first season when they tried to be really didactic and heavy handed and have every episode have a meaning. Uh, and it's just been so disappointing because we've had such a run of good ones. I just, it was like unwatchable. I just kept being like, what on earth is this? What on space is this? <laughs> All right. Thumbs down. Okay. Let me do mine. 
So here's my thing. With some of these episodes, I, they just don't work because I think if they were, they were a short story, like if this was a Harlan Ellison story, you'd, it'd be better. But there's just so many details jammed into these scripts here. Like like the, and you call them red herrings, but those don't work in a 45-minute television show. You got the honey smell. You got Spock's blood has a different smell. You have that it can transmute into different things, that it loves blood, that it's weak to antimatter, that it's pregnant, that it can travel. And like, there's so many details and they don't go anywhere. And you just get so confused they when you're need, watching it. They need to stop reading science fiction and start reading mysteries. <laughs> like, that's what you're arguing. Yeah, is yeah. Like, like here's... They try to pile in all these cute little science fiction tchotchkes, and it's like, just learn to tell a good yeah, mystery. Here's my guys. quick rewrite. They they find out that it loves iron-rich human blood, and that makes a honey smell. And then when it tastes bad copper-based blood, it makes like a butt smell. <laughs> and then so they're like, oh, we need to suck it into our vents and then shoot it into like a copper asteroid and just like trap it there for eternity or something. Like they need to use things that are already introduced in the script to solve it instead of, oh, antimatter at the end. Because that made all the other like things that we watched, all the scenes like pretty much useless. <laughs> and then one last thing I want to say is this whole intelligence thing. Why was Kirk trying so hard to prove that it was intelligent? I think I know why. He wanted to know that it knew that he was going to kill it. Oh, I love that. That it was going to yeah. suffer when he killed it. He he did it for the, the thrill of its impending knowledge of its own death. That, that is the only reason. Better. He wanted it to know that he was hunting it. Yeah. I love that reading. Because <laughs> there's no reason why he would be asking everyone was intelligent. Did you sense that it was intelligent? Why is he asking? It's like, it doesn't matter. He's going to kill it anyway. And what if it was intelligent? He still killed it. What the fuck? Like, oh my God, I hated this episode. Thumbs down. (laughs) Uh, um, Talking about rewrites, I just want to say that um, one rewrite I would do is, this would probably make the episode worse, but um, if the cloud was just a murderous cloud, like often we see like the mama meatloaf they're driven by some sort of need or biology oh i need to protect my young or it's feeding because it needs you know red blood cells to live but i would just think it was funny if it was just a cloud that just like the feel of killing humans that's why it's running around murdering people i mean i feel like that would actually be a point of view whereas here they're like wait, is it like Mama Meatloaf or is it not? And they're like, I don't know. And so that's why they have that dumbass line of Kirk and they're being like, is it sentient? And they're like, there we go. Now there's plausible deniability. We're not killing some animal. Like, it's just so poorly written that they don't even know. Like, the writers don't know what they're saying about this cloud fart thing. Jesus. <laughs> uh, this is terrible. We gotta Let's end. end. Wrap it up. Shut it down. <laughs> Well, I think Clint, that's one more of these episodes and Emily and I are both done. We talked earlier. We're done with this show. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, that's fine. The airlock is right there. You can walk out it anytime you like. I'll, I'll stay. <laughs> you better that's... you better shape up or I'm going to create an air cloud that's of my own. And the show and the show. OK. All right, guys. Well, that's our episode for today. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I want to thank Kurt, our producer, for editing this mess. Um, We love you. We love you. And until we see you again, keep on trekking.